Chapter 1, starting at verse 68. This is following uh, the uh, uh, presentation of the baby who is to be John the Baptist in the temple. Uh, John had not been able to speak for months before. He named him uh, uh, John, and uh, the, the, uh, uh, following that he was filled with the Holy Spirit. Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has come and has redeemed his people. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. As he said through his holy prophets of long ago, Salvation from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us, to show mercy to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant, the oath he swore to our father Abraham to rescue us from the hand of our enemies and to enable us to serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. And you, my child, will be called a prophet of the Most High, for you will go on before the Lord to prepare the way for him, to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins because of the tender mercy of our God, by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the path of peace. This is the Gospel of God. So we've already thought a little bit about time this morning, and as we we look at the verses of our reading, um, known as Zechariah's song, we have this theme of time and timing as well. So this text is part of the first two chapters of the Gospel of Luke, and is one of, of several songs that are in there. Luke's getting started with some musical numbers, getting everybody into the mood. And um, what's interesting, and what Jeffrey mentioned there, is, is some of the, the background that the Gospel writer gives us, this view into to Zechariah's life that brings him to this moment of pouring out praise to God in this song. Like Mary, Zechariah had an angelic visitor, an angelic visitor that proclaimed that he was going to be a father, that he and his wife, Elizabeth, would have a son. The difference, however, between Zechariah and Mary is that at this point, Zechariah is in the temple in Jerusalem doing his, uh, his service. He's been chosen by Lot, and he's in the temple there, ready to burn incense. And that's when the angelic visitor comes and meets him. This, this angel appears, announces that he and Elizabeth, although both advanced in years, will have a son. And this son is going to be a prophet after the pattern of Elijah and will be the one to prepare and proclaim the way of one who would be even greater to come. And a little bit like Mary, Zechariah blurts out a question in response to the angel, just as Mary did. Um, his response to the news is, well, how is this going to be? We, we're both advanced in age. How, how am I going to know that this is true? Um, and it's a question that results in his case in him being struck mute and deaf. Um, as, as 
Jeffrey alluded to, uh, until the point of our reading this morning where he bursts out in this song of praise. And perhaps that's a bit of an insight for us into Zechariah's spiritual state. You know, he's a, he was one who was working in the temple, one who should have known the scriptures, should have known um, the likes of Sarah and Rachel and Hannah in the scriptures, who hadn't been able to conceive, but whose wombs had been opened by God. But perhaps his faith wasn't all that it might be at this point. And so he finds himself in the temple, struck mute and deaf, and uh, with those outside wondering what on earth he's doing in there. And when he does finally come out, of course, he can't explain what's gone on, but he manages to sign to people that he has had a vision. Of course, this perhaps lack of faith, this, this idea that Zechariah wasn't perhaps quite tuned into what God's plan was, uh, was all to change. John is born. And that results in this, this song of praise that is our reading today. Zechariah's faith and his voice return together and he praises God. A hymn of praise that, that echoes the Old Testament and uh, common Jewish prayers that thank God for salvation, that thank God for victory over evil. And we come to the Gospels and we come to this, uh, these songs that are in Luke. Um, and there's a period of kind of silence between the Old Testament prophets and the Gospels, this intertestamental period where God's voice is silent. And that's now over as John is proclaimed as the one who's going to prepare the way for the Lord Jesus Christ. In the first verse of Zechariah's song, he proclaims that the God of Israel is speaking again. Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has come and redeemed his people. He's visited us again and will redeem his people. And it, it mirrors Zechariah's own kind of lack of speech and then bursting into praise. This idea that there's an announcement and recognition of God's full and final revelation of himself. What Zechariah is prophesying here is not just an end to the silence of the prophets, but actually God interacting with humanity in a new way, a way that hadn't been seen before in the Lord Jesus Christ. And this idea of visiting and redeeming that we have in verse 68. It's stretched out in the song. So in the Old Testament, this idea of visiting and redeeming would be related to God visiting his people and saving them from their enemies. But as this song of Zechariah goes on, it takes on a new and more comprehensive view as, as we bring into view what the Messiah is going to do, that God's plan is to bring Christ um, into the world to redeem not only his people, not only save them from his enemies, but have a full and future plan that's going to save them from their sin, save them from themselves. The idea of redemption becomes much more comprehensive and complete. And so this praise pours out for this one who's going to be the king of David's line. David being the, the archetypal Jewish king, a horn of salvation raised up for us, Zechariah says, a strong Messiah who will dis- deliver his people. And these ideas are all bound up in Old Testament prophecies. So we have um, in verse 78, um, let me find it. Because of the tender mercy of our God by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven. This, this idea of the rising sun is bound up um, in the ideas of sprouting or rooting or a star rising. And it speaks to us of the Old Testament prophets of Zechariah and Jeremiah who talked about the one springing forth from David, the branch of David, the root. Um, Zechariah, uh, sorry, Jeremiah would say, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will raise up for David a righteous branch, a king who will reign wisely and do what is just 
in the land. And if we take that and we look at that same theme in Revelation, then we have in Revelation Jesus himself speaking that I, Jesus, have sent my angel to give you this testimony for the churches. For I am the root and the offspring of David, and I am the bright morning star. This idea that Jesus isn't just the Old Testament Messiah and Redeemer that's going to come and save in the physical, but Jesus is going to bring something much more and much greater. And he's going to be that first fruit from amongst the dead, that one who is the bright morning star, that one who is the forerunner of all that is to come in his church. So Zechariah's song links this this spiritual promise and national promise to the hope of David, but it links it back to the Jewish faith as well. Zechariah speaks of the promise of sworn to Abraham. The Messiah is represented as a mercy from God promised to those that will be realized in the fullness of time. And what's the goal of the Messiah? Verses 74 and 75 tell us that the goal of the Messiah, the goal uh, is that the, the goal is salvation for all of God's people, um, that God's people will be free to serve him um, and to walk in God's path of peace. Zechariah has just seen his son uh, named, and he's he's affirmed that he won't be named after anybody in his family, but he's affirmed that he will be named John, as the the angel said he would be. And he's only halfway through his song of praise to God that he actually seems to remember that he's singing, uh, why he's singing and why he's pouring forth his praise. And he he kind of remembers um, his son and, and, and brings in, Uh, what John is going to to be and what John's role um, in preparing the way for God, uh, for Jesus is going to be. He calls him the prophet of the Most High. The Most High, of course, referring to God, the one who is over all. Uh, The Messiah that John is preparing the way for, for that he will go out into into the, the the, the Jewish nations and and preach is the Messiah that is from God, is the King that uh, he's to prepare the way for. And this idea of preparing the way is one that comes from uh, the Old Testament again. Um, the quote, prepare thee the way of the Lord that's applied to John the Baptist um, comes from Isaiah 40. And the concept here is of one who would go out and prepare and smooth the roads before a king went out and traveled. So the idea is that the, um, the practice of workmen going out into the desert and smoothing the roads and making the trip for the king easier. And that's the imagery that's bound up with what John is going to do. He's going to be the one who's leveling the roads, leveling the mountains, filling the valleys and ensuring that the passage is ready for the one who is coming. And our passage this morning finishes with a hint of the work of Jesus, of the Messiah. Um, that uh, because of the tender mercies of our God, and jumping down to verse 79, it will shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the path of peace. There is a promise of God made to the people of Israel, but also a hint that it's going to be for all those who walk in darkness. Zechariah has this immediate promise of a son that's been fulfilled that causes him to break out into praise but he realizes that's just part of God's wider plan part of the the plan of salvation that God has for the whole of the world for this story of salvation that God's writ large across history we've looked at these verses this morning and we we stand at the start of a of a new year Uh, we've thought a little bit about 
2022 what we were happy for. We've just come through a period of Christmas where we went through Advent and we prepared for Christmas. Um, we kind of find ourselves today stumbling perhaps into 2023. Maybe we're ready and we're prepared and we're going into 2023 fully armed and ready for all that might unfold around us. But just as Zachariah realized that he was at this point where he was seeing God's salvation, God's plan being written before him, as he could look down at his son and see all that John was going to do, and even more so what Christ was going to do following John, that John was preparing for. As we look into 2023, are we doing so with those same eyes? Are we doing so looking at what God would have us do, looking at what God has planned for Totley and for the wider Sheffield, looking at where we need to be to be part of God's plan? We've come out of Christmas and we've remembered Mary, Joseph and the baby. We've remembered the visitors that uh, went to see them from the fields and the the Magi from the, the east. As we move on from Advent, we shouldn't lose sight of the wider message of Advent, that we don't have to worry in a time of preparation. We don't have to fear the dark before the dawn, that we can wait hopefully in it, just as Zechariah had to wait deaf um, and mute for God's plan to be revealed in time, just as he knew that the people of Israel had to wait for the Messiah. We too, in our own way, have different seasons and times in our lives, times that sometimes we'll find ourselves struggling in, sometimes we'll find ourselves praising in. But we can wait, hopefully, in every situation because God is with us. God has us in his hands. God is preparing times for us and places and situations that he knows that we're going to be in and he will be with us in those we don't have to fear the dark before the dark before the dawn we can wait hopefully in it the message of god given by ezekiel to the exiles in babylon was that the nations around them had pressed and crushed them but even though they had wandered far from god there's a time coming when they'd be restored The message of God given in the book of Isaiah to those same exiles was that a Messiah, a royal saviour, would be coming and would establish a worldwide rule of a holy God. The message given by John is that Jewish ancestry isn't enough, but there's one who's coming who's going to unite the world by the Spirit. None of these things, none of these plans of God that are echoed in this song of Zechariah would be rushed. They were all going to happen in the time appointed by God. The dawn will come in its time, the night will always end. The songs of Luke, of which this is one, all follow the same pattern of promise, fulfillment, and praise. And we sometimes feel that we're in different stages of the doubt, don't we? we? We know what God's promises are, but sometimes they feel a long way away from us. Sometimes we're looking for fulfillment. We're looking for God to fulfill those promises that he's made to us. Sometimes God feels so near that we can praise and worship and give our whole heart to him, and it's easy. Whatever season we're in at the moment, God knows and is working his purposes out. He is faithful. I want to leave you with um, some words from a a song that I, I didn't know Uh, for many, many years. Uh, It was one that my grandfather actually um, brought to my attention. He was a man who, certainly in later life, found a real 
sense of God's timing and resting in God's timing. And uh, this, this song really, uh, this hymn really resonated with him. And it was one that uh, he asked us to, um, to sing at his funeral because he thought it was very fitting. So I'll leave you with these words of, of this hymn. God is working his purpose out as year succeeds to year. God is working his purpose out and the time is drawing near. Nearer and nearer draws the time, the time that shall surely be when the earth shall be filled with the glory of God and as the waters cover the sea. We're going to continue in our worship and just sing together um, another song and then I'll hand over to uh, the Christmases to, uh, to lead us in prayer. So our song is Great is the Lord. Again, standing, if we're able, to sing together, Great is the Lord. <laughs>